Welcome to the e-commerce toolbox, Expert Perspectives, a podcast by Noibu, where we explore the elite strategies and cutting edge insights with our expert guests. Get ready to propel your e-commerce business to the next level. Welcome to the e-commerce toolbox, Experts Perspective. Joining us today, we have the wonderful Kelly Reeves. Kelly and I actually met each other back when she was at Site One Landscape Supply, and she's evolved in her career and has now landed actually a Noibu customer called Florin Decor. Kelly is the Senior Manager and E-Commerce Program Manager. So welcome. First off, welcome, Kelly, and thanks for uh, joining us today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So I think this episode is going to be really, really interesting for those who have to not only navigate selling to B2C, but also to B2B. So that's where Kelly has spent the last five years of her life is in websites that have to serve both demographics. So for the first question, I'm really curious to understand what initially drew you to the field and just also understanding how that motivation's evolved over the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just in general, at the root of me, I'm a problem solver and a people pleaser. So if you've been any time in digital e-commerce, you'll know that that gives you a plethora of opportunity to fix, optimize, and delight customers. So I've thoroughly enjoyed from my start in the digital space and just project management to now, you know, leading teams in e-commerce operations. It's been a journey just more of looking for opportunities to continue to innovate and optimize the problems that I see out there every day. Awesome. And Kelly, maybe for the audience, if you want to speak tactically on what your role is, so maybe some of the, the key roles and responsibilities is, as you know, titles don't always tell the full story. No, they don't. And it's been the same class two stops. So really, for the past five years in particular, I've led a e-commerce operational teams that had been the front line of hundreds of high-impacting customer reported issues. So the first call when a customer has a problem whether they're interacting with our phone, online to reach out to us, email, et cetera, when they have a problem and they want to stop and they want to have someone solve those come to my team. And so getting to the root cause of those issues over time, or they take qualitative and quantitative data. And so what's nice is both companies I've worked with recently, and whether it's customer conversations, historical user sessions, click data, error logs, store associate incident reports, you have to use all of that to really understand what their role is, what they're trying to do, and then where their stumbling block is. And so just observing those behaviors over time is what has given me the understanding of just what their expectations are when they're coming to transact with us. Makes sense. So it sounds like your role is primarily ensuring that customers are having a good experience on the website, but more tactically, you're investigating kind of production level incidents, gathering information to build an internal kind of business case, mini business case to effectively get that resolved. I know we chatted already a little bit about how you've covered B2B and B2C, but given the inherent differences in those two segments and kind of the different challenges they face, what are some of the contrasts you've observed in customers? customer experience between both of them and kind of how they operate. Yeah. And my first stint at site one, I would say it was a little bit more of a, it had been a while since I'd worked in a primarily B2B environment. So I learned a lot. And one of those kind of three things that, that I've learned between here and there that I thought were helpful. And one is I was surprised to know that how much B2B and pro customers, they have an expectation that their online store experience it's just an extension of their in-store sales relationship. 
And so that actually raises the bar quite a bit for e-com. And so, for example, with pros, the store associate is likely to have had a similar project with them before, or they might have already had an interaction with them to help part of the planning of the one that they're on. It's like they know we know them. And because of that, we can be seen as a time thief for their jobs if they come online and we don't make it just as fast for them to finish the job, finish the transaction. So I thought it'd be kind of interesting to give you maybe a couple of what I would call customer, common customer statements that you'll hear that are really simple expectations, but illustrate a lot of functional complexity too. But this gives you an idea of how they've raised that bar. One would be, I don't have space to store supplies for my projects. So I plan to get those supplies now, even if it's from multiple stores, single transaction, multiple, I need all of it now in a single place at a specific time. I want to be able to log in with any email I use for my company. It's one of the, like, I laugh, some is simple enough, but believe it or not, but he's had a lot of emails they interact with. I want to be able to buy my supplies in units the way I need them. So they go in a store and maybe there's a, a box that they can break up into a case or a pallet, they can break up whatever. They're expecting that same type of unit flexibility when they're shopping online. But all of those things are byproducts of that. This is what I experience in the store. So I'm going to go online and I'm not going to be inhibited in that because my sales associate will, will help me get that done. The second kind of area I thought was interesting is that, again, this kind of seems commonplace, but what drives their needs is their customer. So it's different than a consumer from day to day. They have someone else in mind for what's driving their needs. So they like back office features, things like order history, invoice payment details, account history, things they need to service their customers. A couple of neat statements, expectation statements, I would say, hey, I need to have quick visibility for items I've ordered for a project for a specific project to save me time. I want to connect with my last year order transactions with the same customer. So a big list of order transactions. I want these to be appear by customer so I can group them and do things with them administratively. I want you to deliver to me on site of my project, but there's some tools and accessories I also want to pick up myself. They have uh, this multimodal way of interacting with this because it's where they're thinking about a project, it requires different flexibility on what the supplies need versus where their staff is. So those are kind of interesting things. And then lastly, something I didn't expect as much is that they are more likely to call when a site performance or data issue occurs than I've ever experienced in a consumer environment. So examples like, I can't see my item or SKU that I used in my last order. That's a big deal. Could be a different store. I just left the store and saw that the item was at another store, but why can't I add it to my cart online? Sounds a little, it's a nuance, but believe it or not, that connection of that just-in-time inventory as well as proximity is super important. And then lastly, I can't hear my order history from last week. These all seem really basic and probably when we shop Amazon or some other things, like we know what our order history is, but to a B2B customer, to a pro, when they're there trying to service their other customer, if that data isn't there when they need it, that's stopping them. That's bringing a friction point between they, them and their next customer interaction. So it's getting elevated in terms of tops and safety. So those are kind of some of the things that I learned just about their focus on back office features that was interesting. That makes sense. And it sounds like a lot of 
So it sounds really like what happened a lot of the times is the features that have been designed in e-com are predominantly B2C. And the expectations of B2B are closer to what they're getting in store. And they want some of that flexibility and, and really making sure that when it's incidents to your point or discrepancies, it's being flagged pretty quickly. Sounds like it's really important to those customers, but also that you're kind of contributing that back to the roadmap as well. Right. Because it sounds like depending on what your split allocation of sales are, you likely want to be able to support a lot of those backend features. But building on that, given that a lot of the software is built for D2C, when you think about the future opportunity of B2B when it comes to online and, and that experience, what do you think that is or, or some of the opportunities that exist? So connecting with that point before where I was talking about B2B customers' expectation of extending the relationship from the store. They already expect that, so we need to get better at that. And part of that future opportunity is really getting your data model right, train store associates on the value of using the data that we give them to deepen that customer relationship. So yes, in the future, in the very near happening now future, you know, you're going to have things like AI, they're going to help them have predictive information about customers to anticipate their needs before they walk in the door. But there's no reason that right now, and as we're building that with the data model, that we can't use that to connect our prim desk with the pro to help them better um, service the customer when they're coming into the store. So just that cross, using those channels more tightly together. I would also say pro customers can be used pre and post purchase. So uh, I would use the example of one of the customers who talked about that even within the comments that they drop in an order online, they're fully expecting their store associate that knows them at the pro desk is going to see those comments. So our future opportunity perspective, use that data to make memorable experiences at those pro support point of sales will be helpful. And then just going back to, I know I mentioned data model again on customer ID, the whole idea of connecting a company with multiple users, and then ultimately it's going to be multiple emails and so on. Believe it or not, um, most of what I've observed and, and not just in my direct contact, but in the field is that it's very hard to sometimes to get that data model right some of the beginning or even over time, especially if you were to establish brick and mortar before. Here's the simple example. I'm a customer, I'm your pro customer, I'm logging in. Everything you show me about my business, my business, by the way, not yours, is going to directly link to the data that you can connect about me. So if you miss out on some of my customer orders and it's partial order history, if you missed out on some of my invoices and it's only partial data that I can find, my repeat purchase is already a partial set. Again, all of that is affecting ultimately how I interact with you and how I can service my customers. So that's that memorable, it's creating a memorable experience. So those are future opportunities I would definitely say are going to create some wins. Makes sense. And I think these are just fundamental different use cases from a lot of the B2C, like you even mentioned, having one account, different logins. It sounds more like a SaaS app than like a B2C website. That's really cool. I know you'd mentioned that some of your responsibilities are around finding production level issues. Given the demographic that you serve, 
there's probably a, in some cases, a fine line between what's a user issue, what's a feature request, and what's a bug report. Sometimes they might be all getting grouped into the middle and the same thing, which could be hard to decode. So maybe talk to us a bit about how you use Noibu to help support your efforts to really serve the pros and the online shoppers alike, even though they're really two fundamentally different demographics. As I mentioned, and Kyle has come in, I'm not distinguishing whether or not it's a, a pro or what kind of BBBDC user when they come in. What we're finding is what Noibu really does is help to reduce a lot of noise and errors to know which ones are directly code-related. So as I mentioned, the more B2B customers that you service, you're going to see more integration issues because it has to do with the complexity of the way their data is set up. And so in order for me to get to the fix those problems or get to those partners who can, I've got to clean up any of the code issues that already exist and quickly and not spend time on that. So it really helps to A, prioritize. There's a lot of noise on it's a checkout problem. It's an order placement issue. Okay. But which ones are impacting the funnel the most? Those help are surfaced very easily in Noibu rather than kind of fumbling around endless triaging, especially when there's issues that can't be replicated over and over again. So reducing the noise on those things is, is huge. Reducing our time to market on those sphinxes. And ultimately, it's revenue recovery, right? That I call it living group, leaving money on the tail on the floor. Let's go pick it up. And those are the easy wins that it helps tip so we can spend more time on those integration or other issues that are a bit more complex. It makes sense. And I think it's really the two-step process that you mentioned before. The first step is being able to investigate and triage user-reported issues and linking it back to a customer ID or linking it back to a session to really understand what actually happened and be able to parse it out if, if it's a true coding issue or something else like you mentioned before. Maybe talk to us, Kelly, a bit about how you and the team have not only served that use case, but also looked at it from a proactive standpoint as well. So it's, hey, how can we get ahead of some of the biggest issues, even if they're not being reported yet today? Or yeah, maybe talk to us a bit about that. Yeah. So uh, we shifted for sure once we got in a great rhythm about prioritizing, identifying, resolving line site issues. We quickly saw the value within even QA or pre-production, right? Why not fix it before it goes live, right? So Honestly, that helped us too to expedite making our lower environments as pre-production and spot on with the data as you can, because how do you uncover it if it's not the smell-like environment? So we use it in QA. Those things have helped us to uncover problems before they go out. It also just look, helps us look at systemic or reoccurring issues over time or lease to release. So that's definitely moved us up in the funnel pre-production to begin to problem solve and fix those things before they get there. What's one challenge you're facing currently in your role? Engaging leadership in error resolution and optimization. Those areas, my goals resolve each and every experience friction point. Friction, friction, friction. You're going to hear me. I, that's, my, that's my platform. It has a high value return. It's not just operational maintenance and it's a legitimate business opportunity. So for me, that's what I'm working on, sharing that vision, sharing those pain, customer pain points with my leadership so they, they see that just as equal, if you will, to oftentimes just features and enhancements. I think you're bang on. And it's something that we always talk about internally, where 
And often, in some cases, you could actually get more juice from the lemon by squeezing kind of out the bugs and just kind of building more features. But I think at a high level, in some cases, features are attractive, they're sexy, and I understand exactly what you're saying, but it sounds like you have a really good really good handle on that. And to know, we created a little friendly competition between our product group and our uh, support engineer. So we, you know, okay. hey, hey, you can find the highest value feature slash optimization slash butt fix to add some friendly competition there. And it's been a lot of fun. So <laughs> that's energize the team. And I think one thing I've heard you say in the past as well is around, for example, like features, UI, UX, there's a bit less of a known outcome. Whereas if you have something that's blocking transactions today, like just removing that, right. it's kind of a known outcome for the most part. So Exactly. As we look to wrap up, Kelly, maybe talk to us about one thing that you think B2B e-com brands should stop doing. Yeah, stop thinking that your customers are going to continue to work harder and on your site and stay longer in order to overcome every stumbling block you throw them. When I watch these frustrating user sessions or, or read these new issues that come in, they're hitting refresh or rage clicking, they leave and come back later. I mean, I keep asking myself, like, when will I stop trying so hard? I don't want to find out. I'm starting to look at and really want, want us, my team to look at revenue delays are money too. If I didn't get that transaction right then, and I got it five minutes, 10 minutes, all those minutes add up. And at some point, even if they don't drop, they're still delaying revenue. And that's not good at the end of the day. So those are the things, you know, and, and equally important, of course, you know, you're creating brand memories. That's the softer side of it. And it's real too, right? You know, every one of those is a memory you're creating with them that they're setting expectations. So my mantra is just about, you know, stop thinking that way and start thinking about making it every team member's job to engage in creating a frictionless customer experience. I know perfection is not, you know, it may, may not be the popular goal, but look, there's just a lot of work to be had there. Let's just get it done. All right, Kelly, maybe we'll actually hit you with a bonus question here. With the peak season, Black Friday, Cyber Monday period coming up, what would be some of your broad stroke recommendations for any retailer, B2B or B2C or, uh, or a merger? Yeah, broad stroke is sweat the small stuff. Every marketer isn't going to be out there pushing the promotions and doing all of they can do to drive the site and, uh, and give you all the customers. But at the end of the day, look at the bugs, pay attention to the things in the bottom part of the funnel where they're going to check out experience. The bottom line is they just don't want to think. And if you see them thinking about it, you need to fix it. Sweat the small stuff, take care of that. Let let marketing do their job to get it, get the customers there and just close it. Make make conversions clean. Makes sense. I, uh, it's easy, I, right? <laughs> I, I can agree more. And yeah, on that note, wanted to thank you so much for your time, Kelly. I think the data-driven bug management process that you've implemented since joining Foreign Decor has been phenomenal. And we're really, really uh, happy that you guys are the partner. So please let us know uh, if there's anything else you wanted to say before uh, before signing off today. Now, just said uh, thanks so much for letting me join you and, and chat with you about it. We've had a, a great uh, just overall partnership, you know, whether it was last uh, site one and even more so at Foreign Decor. So I think we've learned a lot together. So just appreciate the partnership. Awesome. Likewise. Thanks, Kelly. The e-commerce toolbox expert perspectives is brought to you by Noibu. To find out more about Noibu and how we can help you debug your e-commerce site and rocket your revenue, visit www.noibu.com. That's N-O-I-B-U.com. 
And then make sure to search for the e-commerce toolbox, Expert Perspectives on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found and click subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Noibu, thanks for listening.